Today on the Topping Show, Vivek on Biden censoring Americans goes viral, but like Bling tweet is roasted with Yangling being the top comment. Target goes viral for using fake Black Friday signs. Their prices never really changed. In fact, 80% arms gets a win for the Second Amendment. DeSantis War Room highlights Iowa governor endorsing DeSantis. Buy Now Pay Later helped fuel Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Volkswagen to decrease staff count and admits they are, quote, no longer competitive as a brand. And Honda to recall 300,000 vehicles due to a seatbelt issue. However, the Civics are still safe. All of that much is more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and service company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. We're also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December, so if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Buy Here, Pay Here, bolstering Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Now, this is also part of the larger trend where I can help but also notice, anecdotally speaking, every time you buy darn near anything online from a a case for a guitar to random funny second thing, you always see the option for the buy here, pay here, the payment plans. It's gotten to the point where you actually do a payment plan for a pizza, which I believe is offered via Domino's or some one of the other the major brands. You know, the finances of Americans and the economy won't be in trouble when people are financing pizzas. Not a pizza machinery, which costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. That does make sense to, you know, have that piece of equipment depreciate over time. No, actual pizzas are being financed. Now, going to a specific article by Daniel Gianvosi on Fox Business, it noted that Cyber Monday sales reached $12.4 billion, and they're partially in favor bolstered by the buy here, pay here later. They also know that buy here, pay here later has accounted for $9.3 billion in online spending through November. Now, this is according to the latest data from Adobe. They also noted that this is a 9.6% increase year over year and even outpaces Adobe's initial projection according to the earlier data. However, the spending is largely being driven by buyer, payer, layer options as more and more Americans try to struggle and try to overcome the inflation that our government has so brilliantly created themselves, at least to the most part of their fault. Both sides, by the way. Now, they also noted that usage of such services hit an all-time high in Cyber Monday, accounting for 940 million. Americans are spending 940 million dollars, or they spent 940 million dollars in one day on crap they don't need, which I find personally astonishing considering, as you can tell from my wardrobe, I like to buy something and make it last for quite a while. And a wise man always said, men should always suit up, and suit will never go out of style, obviously. I can't help but imagine spending $940 million on stuff you don't need. I mean, this isn't stuff like medical procedures or life-changing you know, knickknacks that are going to save your life or very maybe there's a small likelihood it'll empower your life or make your life more efficient. But that is astonishing. Anecdotally speaking, I did a little bit of shopping for small gifts for family for Christmas. And I bought some material marketing materials from my IT company because there's some durable things that We'll purchase and then we'll actually use next year for some of the events that we host but i can't imagine spending so much and they also know that's a 
42.5% increase year over year, while cart sizes also rose 11% annually. Now, I'm not too surprised about the actual cart sizes, aka the actual size of the per transaction, since, again, inflation is getting ridiculously out of hand, so the cost of darn near everything has increased per unit or per item. So I'm not too surprised the actual carts have also increased as well. And it looks like one of those popular ones, and again, I've seen this company everywhere. So they're A-plus for marketing because every time there's an option to buy something, it seems like this company is always right next to that checkout and it says their name. So it's Affirm Holdings and their stock is bolstered up to $32.15 per share. Looks like it was helped bolstered by, lately it's went up 9.47%. Jeez Louise, what's their... Yeah, it, yeah, that company's doing ridiculously good. So it'll be interesting to see, again, consumer debt is reaching all times high. Credit card debt passed a trillion dollars for the first time in US history. That was earlier this fiscal year. And again, people are, I mean, it's a double-edged store because it's a services economy. We, I mean, you do need consumers to spend money, but again, they're spending money that many of them, not all, that they don't have. And that's where this vicious cycle kind of continues to go and go. It'll be interesting to see, hopefully, no, these purchases are too burdensome for the individuals. They can pay it off quickly. Although, given the ineptitudes in public schools, they perhaps probably do, are not aware of the interest rates or the actual amount they're paying for interest. Don't get me wrong. There's like 19 really good public schools in the United States, probably. But I can't help but notice the majority of them don't teach you the basic life skills or really many things that are valuable, which has led to a lot of cultural issues as well as fiscal issues people not understanding many fiscal things, which why I'm a big proponent of homeschooling and private schools. But that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents, but 40 year high inflation got me three cents. Though, still free, click the subscribe button below. Now, other interesting business news, you have Volkswagen to decrease headcount while they're ramping up their EV production. And they're saying that their brand is quote unquote, no longer competitive, which is disappointing to say at least. Volkswagen used to be one of the most powerful one of the most impressive automotive manufacturers on the planet. I mean, it's one of those instances where Volkswagen Group, they owned pretty, at one point, they owned pretty much every brand that you knew and loved. It's one of those instances where, I forget, the CEO of, of Volkswagen when I was in high school, it's not, was it Peach? It's eluding me at the moment, but I have a great respect for their engineering capabilities back then, because they owned, not only do they own all the brands, but they want to be the best of both worlds. So they actually developed the new, oh, at the time it was the Bugatti Veyron, the most powerful, fastest car on the planet, while at the simultaneous time having another engineer, another department at Volkswagen, they created the most fuel efficient car on the planet, I believe it was 300 miles per gallon of gasoline, which is insanely efficient. Now, the downside is there's a lot of cost for that vehicle. That's why I believe they only made about five, 300 to 500, and it's you know, extremely expensive, lightweight materials like carbon fiber. But from an engineering perspective, they were astonishing. And of course, they also own Porsche, which is one of the best sports cars companies out there to this date, partially because they still make vehicles with three pedals, also known as a manual transmission, AKA the best experience you'll ever have driving bar none. As long as you have a modicum of heart and you a little bit of excitement in you, you will greatly benefit from that experience. I can't recommend it enough. Now, Volkswagen, again, they owned all those companies, including like you had Lamborghini, you had Ducati, which is perhaps the most well-known fast motorcycle company, Anecdotally, from my experience, made famous because of the Matrix films back in the day. 
That was one of the hero bikes, or the bikes that got a big lot of screen time. Now, this comes, this specific article talking about the demise of Volkswagen comes from Reuters, and it's specifically written by someone they don't want to give credit, apparently. Jeez Louise. They give credit to the person who took the photo. That to scroll down. Okay, here we go. So it says, reporting by Victory Mulders, writing by Matthew Matthias Williams, edited by Miranda Murray and David Goodman. That's a little disappointing. It's already, you gotta scroll, they're already at the bottom. Now, nevertheless, going back to the substance of the article, they noted that Volkswagen has a program in which they wanna save $10.9 billion. They'll include a myriad of different ways to get that price point or that reduction in cost, including a reduction in staff, this is according to managers, as they said later this week, by the brand chief, Thomas Schaefer, and warned that the high cost and low productivity were making the cars uncompetitive. They also noted that they are in the midst of negotiations with its works council over cost-cutting scheme as VW brand, the first step in the group-wide boost efficiencies and transition to electric cars, which is almost instances, at least in the United States, the adoption rate of EVs is starting to decline. There are still people buying EVs, but the rate of adoption is decreasing. You're seeing most of the expansion and most people expanding their acceptance rates or their purchase rates is in the hybrid technologies, which is why I think Toyota made the good call. Fiscally speaking, speaking not, of course, as an enthusiast, I wish it feels up to me they don't have three pedals in trunk combustion engine. But nevertheless, fiscally speaking, tech, Toyota is actually putting a lot of money into hybrid technologies. And that's where the market is currently going in terms of most consumers and their accepted rates. Now, it is a little disappointing because it's basically disposable vehicles because, again, the batteries and very few people can work on them. But nevertheless, people buy them. Now, they also noted, and this is according to, again, Volkswagen uh, employed by the name of Schaefer, saying, quote, With many of our pre-existing structures, processes, and high costs, we are no longer competitive in the as the Volkswagen brand. They previously said that they wanted to take advantage of a, quote-unquote, demographic curve to reduce its workforce and have pledged that it will not carry out dismissals until 2029. Uh, they're going to have to accelerate that quite a bit, I believe. They also said that they hope a bulk of the 10 billion euro savings will be achieved through measures other than personnel reductions. Although they'll, they said they'll define them later this year. They also said, quote, we need to be to finally be brave and honest and throw enough things overboard that are being duplicated within the company or are simply ballast we don't need for good results, unquote, according to Killen. That, again, is a Gillen, uh, Gunnar Killen, who is a Human Resources Board member at Volkswagen Auto Group. So it'll be interesting to see, again, all these companies are scrambling to try to keep up with and try to overtake Tesla. Again, Tesla has a huge, huge margin ahead of them. They're winning by leaps and bounds. They're starting to catch up a little bit, but there's still a huge gap. And Tesla is starting to reduce their prices, which help fuel their sales exponentially. And they'll be interested to see which one of the major automotive companies are able to actually compete with Tesla as Tesla just keeps opening up more factories, getting more attractive price points. And again, they have a phenomenal amount of technology. They have exceptional engineering capabilities. It'll be interesting to see if they can actually have any, if anyone actually does catch up to Tesla. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light Bling Tweet is roasted, with the top comment being Yangling. Now, Bud Light used to be a beloved brand, which is 
quite literally worth billions of dollars. I mean, in one fiscal quarter, though, they managed to shoot themselves in the foot. Although, well, you could debate if it's as bad as Governor DeSantis shooting himself in the high heel boots. But is there an instance where in Q2 alone, they lost $400 million in sales, just vanished at Bud Light. That specific brand, $400 million, gone because of their business blunder of the century, hiring Dylan Mulvaney for $185,000 to be a brand ambassador. And they even gave Dylan an iconic little can with Dylan's face plastered on it, which should probably be in a business museum as the perhaps most valuable piece of merchandise ever produced in terms of having a negative effect on the business. Because I can't, and let me know in the comments, I can't think of another instance in business history that has so viciously destroyed their sales and their culture. Now they're scrambling. Bud Light is trying to appeal to what used to be their core demographic and their old customer base. They're trying to gain them back while simultaneously sponsoring quote unquote drag, kid friendly drag shows, which isn't a real thing, obviously, with anyone with a mock intelligence would tell you. Now, this is a instance in which they, it looks like they have an ambassador, a sports balls player by name of, or is this a rapper maybe? It says hashtag kill a Trav. But when you click on the profile, so I don't know if Bud Light just can't social media. So they did a hashtag at kill a Trav out there making it look easy. And it's some schmuck that they actually paid perhaps or most likely a copious amount of money to have a Bud Light bling around his neck and him. It doesn't look like he's inebriated. So he looks like he did make a cognitive decision to wear the Bud Light like medallion bling on his neck. But when you go to this, the person that they tagged in here, I mean, this person has 563 followers, but instead they, this person joined Twitter June, 2011, but there's zero posts by this person. There's zero profile picture. There's not even a background profile picture. Not to brag, but I have a pretty cool background picture. It's a vintage gas station with my little Honda. Pretty cool at hashtag N I C T O P P I N G. Now, this is about two seconds long. I don't even know if this audio will play it really quick. No. So again, I'm guessing, uh, yeah, I got 53,000 views and only 263 likes, which is also known as terrible when it comes to social media. Although what does Google say? Who is Killa Trav? Trav. It looks like it is a sports balls player. Yeah, this person's got 5 million followers on the Instagram. And yet, this person doesn't use Twitter, apparently. Interesting. So it is a sports balls player, apparently. Again, trying to appeal what used to be their core demographic of people who need drink copious amounts of beer and watch sports balls. Now, in the comments, someone actually said something that says agreed. Someone by the name of Radical Hockey with 225 followers. And it looks like person, I don't know, I don't want to say he's brain dead, but he's one of those people who repost all the free scams where, oh yeah, if you just retweet this, you could win $100, which is a sure sign of someone's having only have a modicum of intelligence. But they did get three likes, and he said agreed. Now, Mr. Drew James says, quote, Mr. Pfizer, fitting that he's now representing the woke beer brand, unquote, getting 42 likes and implying that this sports ball player had apparently endorsed or maybe got branded deal 
with the pharmaceutical company by no name as Pfizer. Some by name of XTASY says, quote, like dumping Bush stocks, unquote, getting 30 likes. PJ says, quote, weird way to show you smoke pole, but whatever, unquote, getting 97 likes. Some by name of America. But they get an F for marketing because their profile emoji, and again, emojis on a profile name is suspicious enough. But this person's emoji looks like it's just a bunch of coin, golden coins. And the United States is not using gold currency for quite some time, to say the least. Not even doesn't even have a picture of Marika. And this person, let's see. Is another brain dead, well, or perhaps a nicer way of just saying someone of a lower of intellect level saying oh yeah follow you know click this for retweets oh so, yeah god these people are is again a good example of someone who drinks bud light perhaps in terms of their intellect level this person retweeted something that says taco tuesday i'll send three people money for dinner just like and retweet drop your paypal and Venmo below which ridiculous to say the least but that's the kind of person who currently likes bud light um tweets these days or posts now we continue to scroll down. Blue Dog Democrat says, quote, where's Dylan? I'm quoting eight likes. Bourbon Investments says, quote, too easy to rip on him. How is his brother so cool, but he's such a tool? I'm quoting three likes. And the one that got more likes than all the others is simply some, by someone by the name of Guns with two N. And this person simply says, cheers. And it's a picture with a can of good old yangling beer in front of the American flag, which many would say is the actual antithesis of Bud Light, it's the exact opposite, especially when you see of all the flags that are at the Bud Light events that they sponsor, you don't see American flags. You see colorful flags, not American flags. Now, that picture of the angling got 104 likes and 1.3 thousand views. To say, Yeti, well, Yeti, a little bit of uh, ADHD there. That's where you can sometimes put your Bud Light press appropriately. But nevertheless, Yingling is definitely the winner when it comes to the Bud Light boycott. Their sales are growing exponentially, their brand value is increasing, and they're still family-owned, which is exceedingly rare, as most other beverage companies have sold out throughout the years. I mean, most of the brands we know and love, or used to know and love, are no longer owned by the families of people who established them. I mean, if you're ever curious about who owns the spirits companies, I mean, one of the largest is Brown Foreman. They're the company, they're the parent company behind one of the most iconic brands, which is Jack Daniels. I mean, a lot of those companies are actually owned by a larger holding company. But nevertheless, get back to the comments. You have someone by the name of Celtic Semper Trianus saying Bud Light is still gay, getting 25 likes. Jake Radowski says, quote, all-time sellout, getting 18 likes. Sean Eldroy says, quote, someone to introduce Kelsey to Mulvaney. Taylor needs a new album. Sorry, not sorry. I'm quoting 20 likes. Derek Mesker says, quote, tuck your sack back 24 pack. Woke. I'm quoting 43 likes. Albert Ravings saying, quote, Mr. Pfizer is raking in the money. I'm quoting 29 likes. EB says, quote, hey, hashtag Tyler Kelsey, vax, not enough woke shit for you. Now, bud, shame, okay, I'm quoting 43 likes. Low T guy says, quote, thigh slapping LMFAO right now. With every post, you make it more enjoyable to not be drinking your beer. 
First you turn a man who says he's a woman, but dresses up in little girl outfits, and now you turn to Mr. Pfizer. What's next? Can't wait to see. Your stock is lower than your tea. Unquote. And that got 40 likes. And as the youth might say, they're viscerally ratioed on the Twitter. And again, given the actions and lack of actions of Bud Light, I don't see the boycott going away anytime soon. As cliche as the saying is, this could just be the new norm of their sales. Or, more accurately, their lack thereof. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have Target using fake Black Friday promos. Their, site, their prices were the same, but the sign was slightly different. And this is something where I've been suspicious of for, truth be told, decades. When it comes to Black Friday specials, it's those instances where, not all the time, but many of the time, it's not really anything more than a different label. The price point is exactly the same. There's perhaps the most boring Amazon list ever, but my Amazon wish list is just mainly just books. It's one of those instances where I'll check the prices throughout the year, and I can't help but notice the month before Black Friday, prices, if anything, they go up by a little bit. Then Black Friday, sometimes they come down to the exact same where they used to be. There's not really a lot of great deals to be made out there, with a couple of random exceptions. But this is a woman going viral right now. And this comes from someone on the Twitter saying, Say Cheese. And it got 5.4 million views. And it's about 30 seconds long. And it says before the video, she types out, or the Twitter user types out, a woman is going viral for showing the Black Friday deals at Target are misleading and the same prices they have been advertising all month. And it literally is. All they did was change the top of the sign or the little paper sign from the iconic Target Red and the Target logo to a black banner top that says Black Friday deals with the Target logo. And if you do have suggestions for picture-in-picture -picture software technologies, I greatly appreciate it. I mean, examining a couple, but still have some issues with this camera. So if you have any, any ideas, I'd appreciate the feedback. Without further ado, I'll play that really quick. Oh. Okay, what about this one? So it looks like the thing, first thing was a TV, and it perhaps also shows how lazy Target is. It, everything is exactly the same. The description of the product, the product price, the savings, which they claim, so they claim it was so before, and they're so lazy, the sign was just under the Black Friday. So as soon as Black Friday's gone, I suspect they just took off the sign and went back to the norm, which is the same. And it said, you know, sale, $649.99, save $80. And then the new one is sale, Black Friday deals, $649.99, save $80. Although, realistically, you could actually save $650 by just not buying the product you don't need to begin with. But, nevertheless, what's the second item they go after? Oh, okay, what about this one? Second item, another TV. Oh. $429.99. Exactly the same. Another one, another TV, Samsung 50-inch, Jesus. Which goes to show how much, it's fascinating to see how some technologies exponentially actually decrease in cost throughout time. Granted, TVs are also stealing your data since they all have microphones and cameras, all that stuff built into it. But nevertheless, 
a Samsung 50-inch TV before the Black Friday, sa Black Friday sale, unquote, unquote, was $329.99, and they claimed as regular price is $349.99. And again, it's just, they're so lazy. It's even the same font. Everything is the same, except the banner, instead of it saying sale, it said Black Friday deal. I don't know who's working in the graphic department at Market for Target, but that's gotta be an easy job to just swatch, you know, switch that one thing out. Bro, that's not a deal. I don't get it. I'm confused. <laughs> you, sh you shouldn't be confused. You should be enlightened, if anything, from the situation to show that a lot of these deals, on quote unquote, aren't really deals. It's just, putting lipstick on a pig, which for some people at Target might be at work at, or who shop at Target might be an improvement, but nevertheless, I think most of the comments will agree with my sentiment in terms of, well, yeah, it's mostly a ripoff. Now, let's go in comments and find out. Again, they got 5.4 million views and 36,000 likes. One of the first clip, someone by the name of Clips, which gets an A-plus marketing because they responded with a clip. It looks like a dad freaking out and getting upset, and the text is target executives. I got 2.7 thousand likes. Someone else targeted or had a clip in which they have a TikTok video where they say, quote, this TikToker isn't bullshitting, and it's someone describing the same phenomenon, getting 2.4 thousand likes. A lot of people, this is one of those popular memes. memes. This reply was from Smellgood. And he says pretty much, and it's one of those things where it's from the movie, I forget the movie, the, is it the Gladiator film? It's one of the instances where the guy says, hold, hold, and then he says now. And the three different pictures are, you know, Wednesday, $4.99, Thursday, $4.99, Black Friday, $6.99.99, marked down to $4.9999. And it's true, that little meme has been true for so many items for so many years. So, I mean, the best way to actually keep track of it, and again, I don't know how pertinent it is or how relatable this is to other people, but when my business is buying some things that are more commodities for some of these events, like we'll buy some like branded pens or ammunition for our cybersecurity. One of our signature events is called Shoot, Suppress, Suppress Security Fears, where we talk about cybersecurity, shoot, suppress pistols and rifles. So we'll actually buy the ammo for the events. And the only way, realistically, you have the kind of the price in your ammo, kind of like a lot of people will remember the price of gasoline. And so those instances where I thought the deal was pretty good, and it was actually, was good. I actually checked my expenses from um, last time I purchased ammo for the company, which was probably about 12, 18 months ago. And I saw that the price per unit for nine millimeter was actually 12 cents less this year than last year. Now that is a huge savings. Cause again, I did the same comparison. It was same manufacturer, same material, same bullet weight. Everything was exactly the same. And even with, that's including the shipping as well as the insurance of the package, the discretionary um, packaging, so it doesn't have logos or anything on it, or does it have uh, a little bit more discreet, I think is what they say. And it was still like it was 11 or 13 cents lower per round. And that adds up. So that is actually the instance where Cyber Monday, and I think that was technically a Black Friday online deal, whatever they want to call it, that was actual savings. So when it comes to, I guess my three cents or my recommendation for when it comes to Black Friday sales or Cyber Monday sales is, again, it's hard to track if it's a, a newer item or an item that's a one-off, but if it's more of a commodity, such as ammunition, where they really don't change, they don't change too much throughout the years in terms of the manufacturer, the materials, unless you go with the whole different casing, which is a debate in and of itself if you should or should not do. But it's an instance where, if you wanna know if your Black Friday deal is really good, track that product for a year or two 
to actually track the prices for it. It's also, again, my three cents, probably a good, good sign is if you actually need the product or want the product, because again, a lot, most everything on Black Friday deals, you really don't need. It's just more of a want or an impulse buy, which again, people live their lives how they want to. That's just not my style, that's I would say. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, all the other comments are just roasting Target. And I'm trying to see if there's any actual positive responses. So it'll be interesting to see. Again, you also have the, all the controversies around Target having a myriad of Pride materials, also having a Pride Santa Claus, a trans nutcracker. It's an instance where they're infusing uh, controversy into the brand, as well as having these type, I mean, this is just yet another reason to boycott them if you're against Target. And interestingly enough, I can't help but wonder, what's Target's stock price looking like this week? Uh, Target. Eh? Eh. You could probably say it's basically no change. It's negligible. It's increased by 0.78%. That's the five-day trend. Now, again, it might crash in a second or two because it's the stock market. But it doesn't look like... Hmm. And even the major news, like you just go to just search target news, this hasn't really isn't hitting anything yet. So this isn't, while it's trending on social media, none of the major news articles are actually discussing how their Black Friday deals and all these deals were actually not in fact so good. And again, this might be a long-term effect in terms of do people start boycotting them now because of this, or is this the thing that pushes people over the edge? Now let me know in the comments, would you ever shop at Target again with all the controversy, as well as now this most recent controversy with the not really Black Friday deals? Be fascinated here. What you have to say now. Going over to the political part of the podcast, you have eight percent arms in the Second Amendment for the win, while a fourth or sorry, a Fifth Circuit court rejects the ATF rule. Now, eight percent arms actually escaped a communist country. Well, some might call it a communist country known as California. It's fascinating. I've heard of it about a couple times. Joke, obviously. Kind of. But they escape California come to the freedom of America, or even, even better, arguably, Texas. So now they're a Texas-based manufacturer of, as the title of the company would incite and obviously think, 80% arms. Now, an 80% arms or 80% receiver is a receiver in which 80% of the machining has been done by the factory already, and the end user completes the 20%. Now, I was going to say... I don't know if YouTube would just take the video down if I were to grab one off the shelf for display purposes. But it's an instance where if you ever look in AR-15, the receiver, that's where all the pieces are joined together. And by the ATF and the US, by the laws right now, that's where it is serialized. And if you buy a firearm from a federal FFL or Federal Firearms License, or if you are a professional manufacturer of firearms, it does have to have a serial number. And of course, they tax it every which way. It's quite more abhorrent and disgusting if you actually look into all the taxes that are put on the firearms in the United States when our country is founded on that, but nevertheless, it's an instance where it's not complete. It's in majority of states is treated as a paperweight because again, only 80% of the machining had been done to the material prior to the customer getting it. So people would buy that and they would turn it into a firearm, which the government has ruled since I forget which actual ruling it is, but it's an instance where you keep that firearm. You don't have to register it. You don't need a, you don't need a serial number on it. It's your personal protection firearm. 
if you want to sell it, that's where legally you would be considered a manufacturer and that's where you would need the government paperwork, you need to pay taxes on that. That's where really a lot of the regulation comes into place. Again, I'm not a lawyer, although I do own a suit. I would argue I actually have morals and values, but nevertheless, this is not legal advice. And the ATF started to sue, they started to claim, oh yeah, you know what? That We're gonna consider that a firearm. Even though again, it's a paperweight, you can't do anything with it until you finish manufacturing it, until you do that 20% of the machining, because you can't, you can't even put a trigger in it. It's literally just a receiver, but you have to hollow it out. There's no trigger there. Now, this comes to us thanks to, again, we're just going to straight to the their website, 80percentarms.com, and specifically, they say, quote, the Fifth Circuit's landmark ruling in Vanderstock for Garland striking down the ATF's frame or receiver rule marks a pivotal moment for the Second Amendment advocates and home firearm builders. This decision not only represents a win for 80% arms, but also reinforces the rights of all Americans to bear arms under the current legal framework. The court's ruling sharply criticizes the ATF attempt to expand the definition of a firearm, frame, and receiver, highlighting how such overreach could unjustly criminalize law-abiding citizens. By drawing an analogy to the cakes that look like food trend, the court illustrated the absurdity of regulating an item merely based on appearances. The victory, though significant, is not the final chapter, chapter of this legal battle. The Supreme Court's stay issued on August 8th acts as a temporary pause, signaling a continued battle in the courts. The court's decision, however, sends a strong message against the ATF's attempts to reinterpret laws beyond their intended scope, emphasizing the importance of staying true to the precise wording of the Gun Control Act. For supporters of gun rights and home firearm building, this case is a testament to the power of standing firm in our beliefs. It underscores the determination to challenge any overreach by agencies like the ATF. While there are while there may be more legal hurdles ahead, the path towards upholding our rights looks promising. This victory is more than legal triumph. It's a reminder that united in defense of our rights, we can stand against formidable challenges. This case is not just a win for the court of law, it's a win for the future of our Second Amendment rights." Unquote. Which again is very true, and if the ATF had their way, they would, I mean, this business would not exist. And again, if you're a home firearm builder, or heck, if you're just any American at all, this company is a great company. I'm not paid by them, I'm not brand ambassador, I don't get paid any kickbacks or anything like that. Just a fan of the product and what they stand for, which again is enabling and empowering citizens to defend themselves. And this is a huge, important piece of legal victory because again, it would redefine everything as a firearm, which again, is one of those things where that ripple effect or the domino effect, they're just slowly but surely trying to chisel away at our rights. It is fascinating to see the ATF increasing just nice, eh, I don't think it's a nice way of describing their unethical actions. But again, they're not supposed to pass any laws. They simply, but they've been reinterpreting laws to get their own way, which again is morally abhorrent and disgusting, which is why I highly recommend joining and donating to some Second Amendment advocacy group. Um, again, I'm not a paid member by any of the major ones, but Gun Owners of America is a great one. I know, I believe. That's probably the top one I keep hearing about. The NRA is a lot of people pejoratively call them like rhinos, Republican name only. They've done a little bit for increasing the rights of the Second Amendment, but I think a lot of people associate them with compromise and not actually doing enough, like actually repealing stuff like the NFA Act and a myriad of other things that are chiseling away the Second Amendment. But 
nevertheless, I highly recommend joining one of those organizations because the fight is not over. It's going to be a long-term battle to win the war, so to say, or something like that. Now, other interesting political news, you had the DeSantis Worm highlighting Kim Reynolds' Iowa endorsement. Perhaps they simply share the same size heels and high heels. I mean, there's a lot of overlap when you get an endorsement like that. Perhaps they just double their wardrobe? Perhaps. I'm just saying it's a possibility, and some people might argue that's a benefit. Now, specifically, the DeSantis War Room said, quote, Ron DeSantis has momentum in Iowa, whether the corporate media will admit it or not. And they have a whole poll or a thread on this, and they say, quote, DeSantis received the historic endorsement of Governor Kim Reynolds, Iowa, who just won re-election by nearly 19 points and is viewed favorably by 81% of Iowa Republicans. Reynolds is the first governor since 1996 to endorse a Republican primary? Really? Reynolds is the first governor since 1996 to endorse a Republican primary. What's been going on with Iowa since 1996? Really? That's kind of pathetic. One would guess it'd be not so infrequent. Unless their governor's been Democratic for so many decades? Nevertheless, they also highlight a poll where they say, the Iowa poll in August found that Reynolds remains the most popular Republican state, having 81% view her favorability. Let's see, her favorability ratings in that August poll outperformed the Republican in 2024 field, including Trump, who has rated has rated as favorable by 65% of likely Iowa caucus goers. So the DeSantis campaign put out that poll where they just said that, again, I'll reread this, her favorability ratings in that August poll outperformed the Republican 2024 field, including Trump, who has rated as favorable as 65% of likely Iowa caucus goers. Now, I'm, I'm looking... They, oddly enough, didn't tell us, well, what's the current favorability rating for DeSantis in Iowa? Again, I'm not saying it's as bad as Chris Christie, you know, 0 to 3%, but that's probably a good question to ask, right? But, oddly enough, they didn't include that. I'll go back to their quote. They say, quote, Reynolds' endorsement isn't just symbolic. Reynolds is hitting the campaign trail with Ron DeSantis, introducing him to voters, doing interviews, attending fundraisers, and, prominently." Featured in DeSantis' latest 20 TV ad. Now that got 285 likes. Which, that, that's not great for social media. So 285 likes for that. And they have a whole thread where they talk about people who have other Iowans who had endorsement, including Bob Vanderplatz. And they claim that Vanderplatz is known as a kingmaker in the state after endorsing the winner of the Iowa caucus in 2008, 2012, and 2016. I think that's a lot more compelling than the previous note. Although, perhaps that's also just an indication he's good at predicting things. Don't get me wrong, he's also giving the endorsement. Now I'm scrolling down to see where are the comments for this. Let's see here. So they responded to their own com. Oh yeah, they're doing a threads thing. Wow, so you have to scroll quite a bit to actually get to the comments. But nevertheless, we found the comments. Somebody named Spooky Hollow says, quote, historic endorsement, LMFAO, unquote. I got zero likes. This is very unusual. Because usually the comments are getting likes. But the comments are much, much fewer 
and there's not so many likes. Perhaps it's just because people don't want to read these threads, perhaps? Someone by the name of Bill Mati says, quote, that endorsement is going to cost her her governorship. I'm here for it. I got one like. Perez Perez says, quote, who? Unquote. No likes for that, but it did exist. Stephen Kiepert says, quote, 81%? I don't think so. Realistically, it's less than 50%. I know my fellow Iowans, not someone sitting in New York City. Oh, we got a real comment. Joe Marie, or when I say real, I mean a positive response to DeSantis. You have to sometimes use a magnifying glass, but you can find them. Joe Marie says, quote, so thankful for doing the right thing. Unquote, getting one like. Let's see. Red Pill Stilskin says, quote, she got 200,000 fewer votes than Emperor Trump. Tom Hansen says, LOL, from the state has no bearing on the national stage, unquote. Getting no likes, but five views. And I was going to say, I was actually a swing state. So it does matter. Interesting. Let's see here. So very few comments. Not so many views either. Uh, about. Yeah, so they had the original statement. That got 200,000 views. Or Louise. No one wants to retweet that. I just want to see. Well, a lot of people retweeted it. Got 338. Oh, not a lot. But 338 retweets. So again, they got this big endorsement apparently but yeah interestingly enough not a lot of people talking about it in the comment section now that being said i can't help but wonder what's the what's the average right now for desantis in the polls has he increased for once again he started about 30 or 32 percent then he got like crash and burns down to 12 let me see here so according to 538.com or five projects 538.com rather it looks like DeSantis, no, I was I underestimated him. DeSantis started at 34.3% January 9th, 2023 in the poll aggregator. And he's now down to, oh, 12.9%. He went up last week. He was 12 point, was it 12.2%? 12.4%. So he's an up and coming, some might say, maybe. It looks like Trump did drop from 60% to 59.8%. So a little bit of movements. Interestingly enough, Vivek went up by one or point one percent now at five percent. Nikki Haley at ten percent. So it'll be interesting to see if this actually helps DeSantis out in the in the campaign. But I was gonna say, based on the feedback of that tweet we just looked at, not a lot of people are really talking about it. Maybe again, maybe a lot of people in Iowa not are on social media. I, I'm not sure why we're not seeing a lot of actual increases in the social media trend on that, but. That was an interesting to see that he did get the Iowa endorsement or the governor's endorsement. Of course, the real question is, how is it going to help in the polls? I don't think it would hurt him necessarily. I don't see it being a downside by any metric, but be interesting to see, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek going viral, bringing up Biden's censorship on Americans. Now, it looks like this is a reaction to an original tweet. Now, the original tweet that Vivek is referring to is from Byron York. And this gentleman says, quote, cause for concern. The Biden's team is working with social media platforms to counter misinformation. This time it seeks to counter reports that food and other items cost a lot after the Biden era inflation. And they noted from the Washington Post. Let's see here. In the Washington Post article, it says the viral $16 McDonald's meal that may explain voter anger at Biden. Let's see here. 
And then Vivek's reaction to that, he's, Vivek says, quote, the very people who howl about, quote, threats to our democracy, unquote, are the ones who actually threaten it. Biden is trying to ban criticism of his economic record. This is Orwellian and downright frightful if you think about the implications, unquote. And that got 1 million views, although only 15,000 likes. Now, interesting enough, I thought there'd actually be more likes, since that is a little bit less than usual from Vivek. Now, going back to the comics section, you have someone by the name of Lars for President saying, quote, Government should never work with media to craft a narrative. And it is a, also a picture of a gentleman with a cardboard sign that says, quote, less 1984 and more 1776. And that got 246 likes and A-plus marketing since it's a reference to an iconic book written by George Orwell called 1984, which subsequently, unfortunately, many Americans don't probably know that because most public schools don't, don't actually recommend books of substance anymore, unfortunately. I can't help but wonder disappointingly how many Americans actually know the significance of 1776, how low that number may very well be. Let's see here. Mr. Webb Minster says, quote, every time I read or hear that phrase, all I think is, thank God we don't live in a democracy, we live in a constitutional republic, unquote, getting 58 likes. Bader to Zavir responded saying, quote, liberals love to accuse us of the very things they are guilty of and makes us play defense when we should be on the offense, unquote, getting 85 likes, which... When's the last time you actually saw a Republican in any capacity go on the offense? I, I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm just saying those times could probably be summarized on a cocktail napkin because of their lack of frequency. Again, I'm still waiting for them to get rid of the NFA, which was passed in 19... Was it 1934? Again, an abomination against the Second Amendment. And again, we have Republican nominees, whether it's local governors, mayors, whatever level of government. Republicans always say, we love the Second Amendment. We're going to protect your rights. Well, then do something about it. Why don't you introduce legislation? To, why don't you actually vote to get legislation passed? They were supposed to get suppressors taken off the NFA list. So that would be treated as a regular firearm. So you have to fill out a 4473, get a background check, in addition, so that you wouldn't have to do the prohibitive paperwork and this actual an extra tax on it on top of the sales tax. But, of course, they didn't get that across the finish line. Because they very frequently don't. Now, nevertheless, going back to the comment section, someone by the name of Moronic Headline says, quote, I invite Biden to tell me my grocery bill isn't that bad, unquote, getting 31 likes. Stephen Stritz says, quote, you have to learn to interpret what they say when Democrats say democracy, what they really mean is Marxism, unquote, getting 44 likes. Olay Mitchell Underdahl says, quote, stop lying, just stop, unquote, getting eight likes. So I'm not sure if this person is specifically referencing Vivek saying that he's lying or if this person is talking about Biden and the inflation. We'll say this is neutral because not very specific in their response. Uh, someone else by the name of CNC says, quote, less concerned about his senile senility. I know how to say senile. This would be a new word C for the channel. Senility. Senility. Nevertheless, let's get a picture of Biden with glasses saying that, and it says more concerned about his totalitarianism, getting 22 likes. Let's see here. Amateur pundit says, quote, ah, but the word democracy doesn't mean what you think it means. Democracy for Democrats means Democrats running things. Unquote, getting eight likes. 
Let's see here. Looks like overwhelming positive responses. Not too surprised for that. I was going to say, everyone should believe that the government should not be in any way interfering with media. I, one would think everyone would agree that. They don't, unfortunately. But, and one would think everyone would be concerned about inflation, but that's also not the case either. Some people truly believe this is the best time to make purchases. It's the best time to be in America. Some people, I don't know, maybe they're just bots, but they actually make statements online saying, oh yeah, my grocery bill isn't that bad. The economy's great. Really? I mean... Maybe they, I, I can't fathom how they think that, but they do. Uh, somebody named Brian Burkowski says, quote, inflation is a tax on the poor, unquote, getting five likes. Cancel the podcast, says, quote, Biden inflation is very real. My bank account can attest to it. I'm quoting 10 likes. So that will surely be one of the biggest topics for the 2024 election is going to be Censorship from the media, it's going to be the inflation, because that is quite literally something that's affecting everyone's pockets. And it'll be fascinating to see how people vote with that in mind. Or, again, like I said, maybe they don't think it's an issue. Because, again, I go on these Facebook groups where I look at both sides, or try to look at all sides, really. It is fascinating to see everyone, you have the same situation. People can look at the store, that it's the same price, but two drastically different interpretations of that. So I always recommend joining all those Facebook groups just to see what the other side is thinking, what they're saying. Perhaps you can understand, or the lack of intelligence or something to that effect, when you start to see, well, wait a minute, they really believe that. Do they just not have the data? Like, here's your bill from last year, here's this year. I mean, can, can you not tell the difference? But. Perhaps not everyone's a penny picture like, my, like myself and looking at their finances and analyzing the data and looking at the grocery bills and saying, well, wait a minute, you know, this costs us much more. Where do we need to make cutbacks? It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Honda to recall about 300,000 vehicles due to a seatbelt issue. However, the Honda Civic is still safe. And that being said, I can't recommend getting a Civic with a stick shift as all stick shifts, all vehicles should happen by default. This is one of the most exhilarating vehicles I've ever had. Little Honda Civic, Civic uh, SI. They only come with a stick shift. I highly, I really appreciate Honda doing that for the enthusiast community. Although, if it's up to me, it'd be everyone by default. But nevertheless, going back to the specific article comes from, let me see here, Oliver Pobe over at en.as.com. They noted that is due to faulty seatbelts. Let me see here. Scrolling down really quick. They know that this is specifically going to cover about 300,000 vehicles in the United States due to the faulty seatbelts. Some front seatbelts in 2023 and 2024 Accords and HRVs are known to be affected at this time. The problem comes from a defective rivet that prevents occupants from jerking forwards in a crash. Now, thankfully, the upside of the situation, no deaths or injury has have been reported yet. Let's see here. They also know that the company is also dealing with another quarter of a million recall from just last week due to an engine issue. But again, thankfully, knock on wood, that issue also did not affect the Honda Civic. Now, they also led on to say that Honda has been dealing with about 16 car recalls this year, though it is less than many of the other competitors, with, of course, the iconic Ford Motor Company being at the top. So this is from 
someone on Twitter by the name of Holmar's Catalog. And they say this is the list of company, top 10, 12 companies actually with the most recalls according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Association for the first half of 2023. So this is just half a year. Ford had 31 recalls. Stellantis, which is the parent company behind Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and a myriad of Italian companies, they had 26 recalls. BMW had 18 recalls. Forest River had 18 recalls. Navistar had 17 recalls. Mercedes-Benz had 14 recalls. Nissan had 14 recalls. Daimler Trucks had 13 recalls. Jaguar had 13 recalls. Jayco had 13 recalls. Honda had 13 recalls. And Volkswagen coming in at 11 recalls. Which again, I'm not uh, giving financial advice or buying advice, but a Porsche is pretty darn reliable in general. And like all good sports cars, or perhaps the last remaining true sports car, or yeah, I'd say a little bit better than, well, not quite a hypercar, let's get the GT3 RS, but nevertheless, and actually, GT3, one of them doesn't even come with stick shift. But nevertheless, Porsche overall is very much dedicated to the stick shift, which is what every car should be by default, and the best fun you could ever have driving. And it looks like they are in last place in the number of recalls, which is a good thing. Now, the issue with Honda is their whole brand is reliability. I mean, especially, no one's going to compare a Porsche to a Honda, unless they're perhaps copiously inebriated. But it's an instance where Honda's known for reliability. You're not going to get the most horsepower out of a little Honda. You're not going to be even breaking records on the lap. When you go racing, you're not going to be in first place unless you are a really good driver and the other drivers are not so good. So it's one of those instances where you're paying for reliability. You know this car is supposed to last a million miles in a quarter of a century. My family still drives a 2001 Honda Accord. It still runs. It's that durable. Partially because it's a good old fashioned internal combustion engine and Japanese engineering. So it'll be interesting to see what this is to the brand where Honda's whole brand, first and foremost, is reliability. And these recalls are just knocking away at that reputation. Because as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, this is not the first recall they've had this year. They've had several. And again, there's a silver lining with this particular situation. No one's passed away from it. And no one's been injured from it. So that's great. But, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is from a defective rivet. Again, were the machines not calibrated properly? Did they not test it when, the, when it was leaving the assembly line? Again, it just seems like the quality control is just not where it used to be. And that's like a lot of these automotive companies, but with Honda especially, that's whole, their whole brand is reliability. Does that, so to have a brand whose whole thing is reliability, to have them have yet another recall, that's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Again, thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. We're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December, so if you click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you leave a comment, that's a great way to give me some feedback on how I can improve the channel or just improve my own speaking abilities or lack thereof. Any feedback is greatly appreciated because I do want to improve the quality of the show. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.